Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at Michigan. Part of the Michigan football podcast you can hear at TheWolverine.com. He's a co-host of Chris Ballas. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. And uh, Doug, you know, I know we talked last week, and I said as long as they don't beat themselves in the slow first half, the questionable play calling in the first half, uh, J.J.'s pick six really – you could feel the game swing, and then they found a way to fight back and had one of their best quarters ever as a football team. And they put up 45, but it wasn't good enough. The defense missed some key tackles in the second half, and Michigan loses. Man, that, that, that was a tough game to watch if you're a Michigan fan, and a tough game still to digest. But, Bill, that's, that's, that's pretty accurate, and it's difficult. As former players, it's difficult. Because you watch the football, and and we knew who Michigan was going into that game, and what our strengths were, and at key moments, we took the ball out of our best players' hands and put them into the hands of guys that had very little experience with the ball in their hand, and the mistakes happened, and it just felt like uh, TCU quickly got Michigan into a game that we were not familiar with how to play. And we're sticking to our guns, and we're not running the football. And you know, like you said, the quarterback makes a critical error in that first pick six. You cannot throw the ball behind your receiver on that out pattern. That is a pick most of the time, especially against a good D-back like TCU had. And then it just went downhill from there. The good news, yeah, uh, J.J. showed the grittiness that he's got, and Michigan never stopped fighting. But it just felt like as that game wore on and, and TCU was calling out our plays before we even snapped the ball, it's like, wow, how, how badly did Harbaugh get out coached here by the TCU staff? They looked like they were absolutely prepared, had read Michigan like a book, and uh, like I said, got us into a game that we're not familiar with playing. And then you toss in a really bad uh, replay official that, I do absolutely believe screwed us on that call. That was a touchdown in my mind all day long. But even then, uh, you just can't make those mistakes, Bill, and win football games at that level. And, and we talked last week. I said TCU is gritty. They're a gritty football team, and they certainly proved that. Well, you can just look at the drive chart for Michigan. Turn it over on downs uh, at the goal line. INT, pick six, uh, punt, field goal fumble, punt, punt, field goal. And even the third quarter, you know, they started with a field goal. They didn't score a touchdown uh, until the 744 mark and then went uh, berserk crazy. Uh, And then you get the other pick six and, oh, my God, you had the missed tackle and Michigan had cut it to three. And uh, just, you know, the speed on the edge. I I thought Sonny Dykes and his staff of TCU – exposed the weaknesses of Michigan. And one thing that wasn't talked about a lot that was brought up afterwards, and you being a former offensive lineman, you know, that three three five was notorious because that's what Rich Rod uh, ran at Michigan. Uh, but the offensive linemen looked confused on who to block during that game, at least the first half. Well, I, I don't, you know, the confusion part I'm not so sure about, but I'll tell you what TCU was really effective at doing. One of the things, when you're, when you're an offensive lineman and you're down blocker, if you're, you're double teaming a down lineman to a linebacker, uh, and especially linebackers playing at depth like Ohio or TCU's guys were, the one thing that can cause problems is, is when those linebackers dart the gaps. 
And so what TCU was doing, as soon as they saw their gap responsibility in that lineman in front of them move to double team, the Don Wyman, they were firing through the gaps. And that throws the timing off. That means your uncovered lineman has to leave that down lineman double team to take that linebacker sooner. And so when you're wondering whether the guy's coming immediately, is he coming over the top? Is he going to sit on his heels for a second and see? But TCU was throwing curveballs right and left, darting those gaps with those second-level defenders. And it was giving us problems, no doubt. There was one key play where Keegan, our really good left left guard there, just absolutely whiffed because the dude read the double team and was a, like a bullet shot out of a gun through that gap for a tackle for loss. And that happened time and time again. And it just it just goes to show again the TCU was prepared and knew how to take take advantage of the way Michigan blocked the blocking style that we got to be so good at, and we just never really quite adjusted to figure out how to effectively take care of that problem. And then, of course, you know the answer is when they when they load the box and take your runaway, we'll throw the football. Well, we know how that went as well. Yeah, I thought something you mentioned uh, at the start of this conversation, and Doug Skeen, former Michigan offensive lineman, five time. Big Ten champion, co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast at the Wolverine.com, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. That you didn't you didn't put the ball in the hands of your best guy, so you're around the goal line those those two times, and yeah. you don't use JJ McCarthy's legs to get you into the end zone or, or a quick slant to Ron Bell. You you try and get cute with bubble screens and that stupid yeah. pitch. Uh, halfback, you know, tight end pass, whatever. I'm like, what are – and, and even TCU said it afterwards. Once they had to use trick plays at the goal line, uh, we knew that we could beat them. Two, two things stuck out of my mind as I was watching that unfold there, Bill. Number one, Michigan's got the best offensive line in college football, and as a former lineman, I told my buddies who are sitting there watching the game, I said – if I go out of the sideline coming out of a timeout and we're on the goal line to try to get a touchdown here and that's the play call, some reverse pass thing, I'm pissed because I'm a Michigan offensive lineman and this is we, we just maul people. That's what we do. And so that that alone uh, I you know bothered me. But then but then the, the play call itself to put the ball in the hands of a freshman tight end who's never thrown a ball in a game. Uh, certainly, and not not in that situation. The, the result was disastrous. TCU had that thing sniffed out by a mile. And then, of course, the young man uh, takes the sack on fourth and two instead of getting rid of the ball or throwing it in the corner and maybe getting the pass interference or something. Instead of instead of first and ten on their own two, now they got first and ten on the, on their, on the 12. That's a huge difference, Bill. So, again, the play calling killed me in there. And then on the other one, after we get the jam on the replay, you put the ball in the running back's hands who played linebacker a month and a half ago. How about you just snap it to J.J. and let your big, strong running back get behind him and push him in the end zone like TCU did three times against mm. us? How about you do that three times, four times? I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I just – I it, it, that entire first half, especially when I spent earlier today at lunch going through the play chart, and you look at some of the play calls of – Third and full or four in the red zone when they settle and they're playing for a field goal and they're they're down in the game and I'm like you just were sending a message to TCU that they can win it you you were doing that early especially when you consider an Edwards first big run which by the way if you look at that replay if he cuts back if he cuts against the grain he's gonna go to the house I mean there's no one there uh, and and you're thinking okay here we go this is what Michigan did. 
you know, at Ohio State, what they've done in the Big Ten title games. And, man, and then the pick six, you could just feel it change. And then J.J. wasn't looking comfortable. He got the break at halftime. And, you know, when you have a half like they had, and you would have told me that they would lose a game, that they would put up 39 and a half and still lose, I would have bet everything I owned on that, that there's no way. And that's the, is the other disappointing part of the, the way the game shook out there is, is TCU really exposed the edge of our defense yes. and, and the lack of strength there. They came. It, it wasn't between the tackles where they were killing us. It was off tackle. And, boy, they just made a living doing that over and over. And we, we knew going into the game, certainly anybody paying attention to TCU knew that, that wide receiver they have is a stud. That's an NFL wide receiver all day long. Big, strong guy that can run like a deer. He's an incredible player. And you get him loose in the field. You better tackle, you know, on arm tackle on that guy. You're going to get it done, as it did not do. And he goes for the big touchdown to put a dagger in the slate. But the defense didn't do what it did all year long either. So all these things that Michigan built the championship, Big Ten championship season off of, kind of fell to pieces. Again, TCU gets us into a game we're not used to playing. We're not effective at what we do our best at. And we're, we're trying to figure things out in a run. And, and the stadium was noisy. It looked like there were communication issues in there. You got the two false starts when the center's not snapping the ball and everybody else is moving. It just, it just never felt settled. And in the end, you know, when the emotion for me, when the emotion wears off, I just take my hats off to TCU, their coaching staff, and their players. They showed up ready to play, played with an edge, and won the football game. Uh, with their style and getting us out of our style. Yeah, almost 500 yards of offense for TCU. Michigan, 527 yards of offense, and they lose that game. You tell somebody that at 3 o'clock on Saturday that they'll have 527 yards of offense, you would think they're going to win that game 45-21. Uh, you look at the – this is the big key here. Net yards rushing for TCU, 263. Yeah, that's – that's that you're gonna you're gonna win a lot of football games when you can run for that many yards, Bill. And then the other one, you said if Michigan doesn't kill itself, you know as well as I do, statistically in the game of football, if you turn the ball over three or more times, your chances of winning the game are zero point zero, Blutarski. You are not winning any football games. <laughs> Only an Animal House reference from Skeener. Uh, well, yeah, the three turnovers is the other one I was going to say. And then here, here's something that I'll, I'll challenge you, that I challenge the audience on Facebook, Twitter, and on air earlier. Tell me a defensive lineman that made a play all game for Michigan. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a tough one, Bill. Again, um, Boy, we just weren't getting home. We didn't make that quarterback of theirs who's tough and smart, you know, make bad decisions of his own. And J.J.'s double reversing, running around, you know, leaving the pocket. And uh, at times I think it was a little unfair to, to our offensive lineman when he did that. I wish he would, he would have stepped up instead of running backwards. Um, but, he, you know, he's athletic enough to get away with that stuff. But to your point, I can't answer the question. I can't tell you – anything that sticks out. Now, I'm sure the Michigan defensive lineman, Mozzie Smith, there, there's one. Mozzie, Mozzie makes the tackle, strips the ball, and makes the fumble recovery. There you That's go. the play of the game from the defensive line right there. Yeah, and he had, by the way, that was his only tackle, two assists. Uh, Morris, two tackles. We're talking full game. Uh, Graham, who's played well as a freshman, one tackle. Yeah, those are, yeah, Mozzie Smith made, I agree with you, it would be the fumble strip. That's a good 
uh, pickup no. by you, but yeah, just not not the dominant side of things in that edge speed that they said we can get to the corners. And when you look at the rushing, and when you look at the the missed tackle, turned you know you, you cut it to three, all of a sudden it's ten. And I'll give Michigan credit for what they adjusted offensively in the second half, but you know things you hadn't seen all year long. Some of the slow starts, uh, almost slow starts every game. Uh, we had seen, and they found a way to get through it, and they almost did against TCU. Now the question is, uh, the story so much is in a loaded team coming back, Doug, is that uh, reports you know within the last three hours are saying if the Broncos offer Harbaugh, he is leaving Michigan for Denver. Well, you know, I was talking with a good friend of mine earlier about that, and this is the, the Harbaugh of the NFL season. And I've said now since since a year ago, this would not surprise me. It didn't surprise me a year ago when he was allegedly leaving to go coach the Vikings. But I just think uh, whether it's Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day or any of these big-time college coaches, this era of this NIL and transfer portal, I can't imagine how they manage their teams. And you just don't have any roster certainty. you got to play all these hats. you got to be all these different guys and and all these guys, if they just want to coach football and know that they got a, a roster that they can manage and and, and have some certainty, it, on one hand, I would not blame him one bit for going up to the NFL and chasing that Lombardi trophy again because he was so close before. And when you look at what college football and, and basketball and all these sports have to deal with now with these kids hitting the transfer portal and wondering who's going to come and go, and you don't have any control over it, I don't blame any coach for taking a hard look at the NFL or any professional league where you get some certainty in it and appears to be a more fair playing surface, if you will, uh, for coaching. Because right now I don't know that that's the case in college football with the craziness going on with the NIL money and the transfer portal. It's just nuts. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that. And if it turns out that Jim jumps to the NFL, that really won't surprise me a whole lot. And then someone's going to have to step up and figure out how to make this thing happen at Michigan. Doug Skeen won five Big Ten titles as an offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast that you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com. His thoughts on the TCU-Michigan game, the Harbaugh story. Doug, good stuff as always, my man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Bill. Go Blue. All right. Doug Skeen checking in on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan Athletics.